Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, June 5th, 2023. Super excited to have another brand new edition here of Locked On Blue Devils. A new month has arrived, which means we're transitioning into the off-season mode here on the Locked On Network. Our college channels now drop it back three shows a week. When football fall camp gets going there at the start of August, you know we're going to be back in full swing five shows a week. But you got me three times a week from here on out, and we've got tons of great content coming your way throughout the summer, including today's show where we're going to be able to have some more fill-in-the-blanks with my good pal Donald Wine the second from the Duke Basketball Roundup. Really, really thrilled to have him back by to discuss a lot of topics in the world of sports. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, go ahead and uh, subscribe on YouTube. Like this video. Share it with your friends. We always do appreciate your support. So without further ado, let me bring on my good pal Donald Wine. Donald, I hope you're doing well, my friend. Here we are in the heart of the offseason season. Players are back on campus. Workouts are set to begin, and it's just a good time of year. I hope you're well. Yeah, well, first of all, JJ, thanks for having me again on the show. It's always great to see you and great to be on with your uh, with your viewers and listeners. So, uh, yeah, it's been a kind of a busy offseason in a way, but not busy. Yeah. And now we're entering the summer where we got guys coming back, and and I think there's this is where the excitement starts to build because we are going to start hopefully soon hearing about some of these off-season workouts and how guys are progressing. All right, well, let's get right to it. Then we've got some fill-in-the-blank topics to uh, discuss here today. Of course, these will be posted uh, down in our description for the episode. And as we did last week, I really like the comments from you, the viewer, being able to add to these uh, topics as well. Makes for really good conversation this time of year. So, Donald, without further ado, let's start with the first one. Uh, We're going to talk about that senior point guard coming back in Jeremy Roach, and uh, the first topic we've got here, Jeremy Roach's career as a point guard reminds you of blank. And we're kind of looking for another Duke guard to match it up with. Just Jeremy Roach's career reminds you of who, Donald? I think the easy answer is you got to go with Quinn Cook. You know, both DC guys, they weren't asked to do much as freshmen, but they kind of did, and they've steadily improved throughout their careers. And both captains of the team and now he's going to be a returning captain of the team. And hopefully uh, I think we all agree. Hopefully the, uh, the similar ends to their careers. And that would of course be accomplished by Jeremy Roach lifting the national championship trophy next April in Arizona. I love that. I I think Quinn cook is, is definitely someone that you could throw in there for sure, because you look at the guards uh, kind of smaller in stature with what they're able to do out there on the floor Uh, Quinn Cook is definitely somebody that came to mind pretty quickly for me. Uh, I'm looking for other names out there as well. Uh, Daniel Ewing was a name that briefly popped in uh, to my head for a moment, Donald. You kind of look at the scoring numbers, their career Mm -hmm. so far. Both guys have been to a Final Four already. Daniel Ewing shot the three ball a little bit more efficient than Jeremy Roach did. Um, but uh, I don't know. I was trying to go back a little bit further in my thought process. And I was like, who's a four-year guard 
went to a Final Four, played meaningful minutes in a lot of games, and Daniel Ewing was a name that kind of popped into my head. A guy that a great, you don't think is going to have comparison that, too. Yeah, you don't think he's going to have as great of an NBA. You know, Daniel Ewing had a cup of coffee in the league. I think that's probably what's likely for Jeremy Roach, given his size uh, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, Quinn Cook, Daniel Ewing. I think those are, are, are good names to have in the mix for this. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm hopeful that we get a national championship, though, for Jeremy Roach. We, we need to make that happen this year. I think that, that'd be, that'd be great. I'd the love, total I'd icing on the on cake. Here. I'll say this. Let's, let's make a date. Next April, after yeah. the national championship game, we can celebrate <laughs> the legend that is national champion. Jeremy Roach. I love that. Absolutely. And then the <laughs> Quinn Cook comparison, we couldn't deny it whatsoever, right? Going out on top as mm-hmm. a senior with the national championship um, is uh, excellent. All right, next one we've got here. Blank will be the most important bench player this upcoming season. We don't know officially who the starting lineup is going to be, so this is fun to sort of speculate. So who do you think will be the most important bench player this upcoming year? This is a great question. JJ, because I think, like you said, we kind of know who we think is going to start, but we don't actually know who's going to start in some of these positions or get, you know, first off the bench or anything. I think a lot of that has yet to be earned uh, through the summer and through the preseason. I'm going to go with Jared McCain because if he is as elite a shooter as he has proven to be so far in his young career, at least in high school, if he can be prolific from three point, and I know we said this last summer with Jer, uh, with Jaden shoot, if he can get on the floor and hit a few threes, that was kind of the one thing that we did not do well last year. It was one, you know, we, we had a few things that we didn't do well, but that was one of the things that was most frustrating. And I think also can change the course of the game very quickly. If we have Jeremy Kane coming off the bench behind either Proctor or Roach and is just lighting up from beyond the arc, that means that teams will have to guard him. It stretches defense out. And again, when we talk about, I know some of the rotations we're going to have in the front court, being able to stretch guys out and make it where they have to go longer. They have to be more, you know, more defensive minded on the perimeter opens up a lot of holes for some of these guys to actually go to the basket and, and do some damage as well. So Jeremy Kane, I think is going to be very important. I think he's going to be one of these guys that probably won't start, but get a lot of playing time. His three point shooting is going to be the key there. Blank will be the most important bench player this upcoming season is what we're discussing right now. So uh, with having said that, Donald, I I agree with you. I think that Jared McCain is the answer to this one. Really glad that you brought up Jaden Shute, and it wasn't me this time. I hear all the time that I'm I'm talking about him way too much, my dad being the latest guy to to join that conversation. We we talk about him all the time. (laughs) He is a a fan favorite in the sense that we we always – the, one of the biggest questions, one of the questions we got the most throughout the year was why is Jaden Shute not playing? Yeah, It's I'm not, not because he's some guy that's like laughs off the bench like a Rudy type. It's because people think that he is a guy that could be dynamic on the floor. And hopefully we see a lot more of him in, in 2023-2024. No kidding. Because if we don't, look, we could be honest that a lot of people are a little surprised maybe he didn't enter the transfer portal this year. Jaden Shute is way too talented of a basketball player uh, to not be getting run out there on the floor at any other school. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see what it looks like. But this year alone, Jared McCain, a uh, more prolific high school recruit than even Shute was. And when you talk about that outside shooting ability, I think that's something that the Stoop team – is greatly going to need. So I'm glad we're in agreement there that that Jared McCain, we believe, will be the most important bench player this upcoming season. And again, disclaimer, for all we know, maybe there's a point in the year where Jared McCain's starting for Duke next basketball season because they do realize, hey, 
that outside shot is worth giving him the starter level minutes. So a lot of that remains to be seen for sure. All right, we've got a couple of more things to get into, more topics, and we'll do that after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built, and you got to try this. These bars are healthy and they taste amazing. When you're eating them, you wouldn't think that they're good for you, but they actually are, and here's why. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So they're healthy, and the best part, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate with amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and so much more. Of course, you can place your online orders at Built.com, but also it's now available at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. If you head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, and coconut puff. Or if you are close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Donald Wine II from the Duke Basketball Roundup. If you will, sir, before we move forward with these fill-in-the-blanks, Give us a little promo. What's going on these days with the uh, DBR Duke Basketball Roundup, the podcast you guys have? Well, first of all, thank you for for giving our new name. It's something that <laughs> I know we're a couple months in, but we're still trying to get used to it. Yeah, we made the move from SB Nation. We're independent now, and and we have been thriving. You know, we've been doing really great in that regard. And and the summer is going to be full of you know we have the NBA draft coming up. Obviously, we have Derek Lively and and Derek Whitehead that we're going to be paying the most attention to with that, but also the NBA playoffs has been fantastic. Jason Tatum, I know he just wrapped up, but has been, uh, he was terrific during the, during the, uh, the postseason. And I think okay. him being in game seven, getting hurt in that first play really is the reason why the Miami heat are in the uh, NBA finals instead of the Boston Celtics. But I, I think we're looking forward to the season, seeing what comes out of training camp. And, and honestly, for me, I'm paying attention to some of the non-revenue sports. I mean, lacrosse, they just, uh, unfortunately, lost in the national championship game uh, this past Monday. Baseball starts today uh, or this weekend, so we're we're really excited about that and and just kind of paying attention to some of these revenue sports and also football. The guys have reported the campus already. Um, we saw some pictures of them moving in, so uh, I'm really excited to see what comes out of training camp for them as well. Yeah, as we said in the open, full transparency, this is our Monday, June 5th episode of, of Lockdown Blue Devils, but recording it the weekend prior. So best of luck to that Duke baseball team as uh, they're in Coastal Carolina with that Conway NCAA Regional. Hopefully they're able to go on a big run, make it to the Super Regionals like the Duke softball team did here in recent weeks. So let's get back to it. We've got some fill-in-the-blank topics here on today's program. I ask you now, Donald, blank is the player you were looking for the most growth this year. Mark Mitchell. It's a very easy answer for me. Mark Mitchell. Um, reason why is I think defensively he was excellent last year. He was one of the best defenders in the ACC. Uh, honestly, I thought he could have been uh, ACC defensive player of the year. That's how good he played on the defensive end. Offensively, we saw streaks of him, you know, being athletic and it's time for him to kind of put it all together. I think this is an unfair comparison, but I think offensively, if he grows, he can be like a Kawhi Leonard. He's not going to hit like – he's not going to go like 47% from three, nor are we going to ask him to, right? But he can have that dynamic game that can be inside and outside and make it where people 
have to be on him at all times. Again, that'll help stretch the court out. I think the one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing him defensively, if he improves the way I think he can, I think we're looking at a national defensive player of the year candidate because again, he was that electric on defense, his steals, his length, the, the ability to guard the best defender on the floor without fouling uh, was something that he was dynamic at last year. And I hope that continues. I think he's the one that he has obviously the most room for growth on the offensive end and on the defensive end. If he can take that to new heights, Again, we're looking at a player that that nationally people are like, oh, man, Mark Mitchell is lining up. We can't be without him. And, and J.J., we, we saw at the end of last year, he started every game last year for the Blue, for the Blue Devils except for the final one. <laughs> and we were sorely just lacking that defensive intensity and really missed him. And, and honestly, it made it where people kind of said, oh, maybe he was the most indispensable player on this team last year. It clearly showed uh, – and that loss to Tennessee that we uh, severely needed him. So him growing will make this whole team get better. Mark Mitchell has the nickname Easy. I'm excited to see how easy his game looks going into that sophomore season for sure. So Blank is the player you are looking for the most growth this season. So I would love for Duke fans, speak to yourself. What's your own agenda out there for Duke basketball? I want to go more into the interior Donald, when looking at this question, uh, people have seen this online, but for our viewers or listeners who uh, were not aware, Ernest Uday Jr. did commit to TCU, the Kansas transfer who did take an official visit to Duke. So he is no longer uh, considering playing basketball for the Blue Devils. And while there doesn't appear to be another move in the fold currently via the transfer portal, I think it's safe to say growth in the post position would be helpful for Duke having to replace the production of Derek Lively the second. So how about another sophomore? How about Christian Reeves? And not the growth in, hey, let's get you to Derek Lively's numbers that he had a season ago, because that's not fair expectations to put on a guy that was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. But he earned the scholarship to play basketball at Duke for a reason. There are talent. He is talented. And so the type of growth that we could get for him could really, really make an impact on Duke, even if it is for just six or seven minute spurts in a game, that that's more than they got from him this past season, and it can really make a difference when Duke needs a big dominating presence on the interior. Yeah, like you said, you know, Uday committing to TCU means that we probably, for all intents and purposes, are done with the transfer portal for the summer. But that presents, as you mentioned, a big opportunity for Christian Reeves to step in and kind of claim some of those minutes that might have been going somewhere else. You have him, you have TJ Power. Uh, Sean Stewart, Ryan Young, and Kyle Filipowski all going to be competing for front court minutes. Uh, and that's just for the, you know, the four and the five. We're not even talking about the three. And I think Christian Reeves has the opportunity to kind of assert himself this summer and say, hey, when it look when it comes to minutes at the five, don't don't leave me out of the out in the cold, you know, put me on the floor uh, because I can do a lot. And again, like you said, we're not asking for him to be Derek Lively. That's a that's a very unfair ask, but we're just asking him to be Christian Reeves. And improved Christian Reeves, again, will help this team immensely uh, this year. All right, let's move on to our next one. This is a fun one. Really excited about this uh, next topic that we've got here. So blank is the player that I most wish we saw play a sophomore season for Duke basketball. So any way you want to look at it, a big what if there. And in fact, spoiler alert, we're going to do a full, we could do a full episode on this topic alone with guys we wish had played a sophomore season 
for Duke. So um, any way you want to answer that question, Donald, and a lot of guys to choose from, what are you thinking? Zion Williamson. <laughs> if we had sophomore Zion Williamson. Yeah. Let me tell folks how, like, if you if a lot of you out there have seen Space Jam, the original, right. the Monstars, that man would have been all five Monstars <laughs> in college as a sophomore. I mean, just think about it. He had one of the most dynamic freshman seasons that ever. has ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> if he was a sophomore, and here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't realize this. Zion Williamson was actually much closer to coming back to Duke for a second year than a lot of people realize. He really genuinely enjoyed college. He just knew that he was going to be number one pick and that there was no reason for him to stay. And, and honestly, it, fe- it felt like even Coach K was like, like, dude, stop, stop being an idiot. Like, right. Hard to say get, no. You to enjoy that. college. <laughs> go, go, go play, have fun. Um, but yeah, if he came back for a sophomore year, it, and in that year too, I mean, 2019, 2020, where we, you know, kind of came on right before COVID. I think the only thing in hindsight, looking back at that year is, you know, I don't think we would have seen Zion go all the way because we, we ended up with COVID. But I, I think Zion Williamson, if he was a sophomore, would break every record that ever existed. As a sophomore, as you know, he'd be one of those guys where like national player of the year, they'd be like, Why are why are we even voting? Like just give them just give them the thing. So yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, I think there's a lot, like you said, you could spend all day on this. It was a very fun question, but I just had to go back to how much fun I I had watching him play and just give me one more year of that. Yeah. Zion is known for the dunk and you went with the slam dunk answer. So it's hard to argue with you uh, with you on that one because I, I think Zion is the play. Um, just trying to imagine, goodness gracious, the highlights, wearing a Duke jersey for another season, uh, getting more opportunities to play in the Duke and Carolina rivalry. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Um, yeah, I just I feel like that would be spectacular. The, the topic that I want to dive in in the summer, and I'll have to have you back for that as well, looking at this question with folks uh, pondering sophomores that we did not see, what about the players out there that left after one year that didn't end up getting drafted, that really might truthfully regret their decision to have left a year too soon. Of those guys, who would that player be that you wouldn't want to come back for another year? So we're going to have to save that one. Yeah, that's that's a there's a few answers we could do that and, and could spend a lot of time on, on discussing some of them. Because in so, some yeah. ways, the guys at the top of the – that's easy. Like we all want to see Zion come back for another right. year. But whether it be DJ Stewart in recent memories – Trey mm-hmm. Duval. I mean, there are so many guys that it's like, let's see those guys. Or even back. the guys that were in the second round, right? Like a Trevor Keels, who, sure. you know, may not, you're, of course, it's early, but like, yeah, they, they were expecting maybe to be a first round pick and ended up slipping because of the fact they left a little too too quickly. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of ways you can take that question, JJ, and it, that'd be a great I'd, – I'd look forward to that episode. So, Frank Jackson, Vernon Carey Jr., a couple of guys recently that we just did not get that sophomore season for that I'd love to see what it would have looked like. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get set to move forward. We've got one more break here on the program, and then we'll have a couple of more fill-in-the-blank topics right after this. Thank you so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen or first watch each and every day. Your support means the absolute world to me personally and to the Locked On Network as well. Seeing a lot of great comments on each and every video. The five-star ratings and written reviews on Apple Podcasts have been really nice uh, to kind of read through. So thank you for taking the time to do that. And again, your support just means everything to us here at Locked On Blue Devils. When you're done with this, please make sure you go check out 
Locked On College Basketball. I mentioned that we're shifting into the off-season mode here within the network, but Isaac Shade and Andy Patton are still, each and every week, going to keep you up to speed on everything that you need to know about the sport of college hoops. The transfer portal is buzzing this time of year now that a couple of players decided, you know what, I'm not going to go through the draft process. I'm coming back to college, but at a different place. They've got all of those latest news notes and headlines at Locked On College Basketball. It is available wherever you get your podcasts. J.J. Jackson alongside Donna Wine, the second from the Duke Basketball Roundup. We've got a few more fill-in-the-blank topics to tackle here. And, Donald, we saw this past weekend uh, K Academy come and go on the campus of Duke University. Our favorite time of year to be able to see all these former players interacting with the current players, incoming freshmen are in the mix. And here we are. It was K Academy 20, 20 years of K Academy taking place. And the concept is just brilliant. I love the concept of this. And for a program like Duke, it makes sense that you've got a really cool opportunity like this each and every year. I would love to do this one year. Just absolutely. <laughs> it would be just, I don't know if I'd be able to live after. Like it just be the, <laughs> it'd just be the pinnacle of life to do that one year. I know it's kind of expensive. Uh, so I think the savings starts now. No um, there's a lot yeah. of stuff we want to do, but that is that has always been up there, and I'll even train for it. Like I'll I'll get in the shape, like I'll I'll make it a big deal. I don't want to just come and come back with a free swag. I want to come with the trophy. So yeah, uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to sponsor me going to Kate Academy in future year, please please holler at me. Yeah. So a fantasy basketball camp, men 35 mm-hmm. plus, getting to participate each and every year. Uh, as you said, it does cost a chunk of change, but we've got these former players that come back. And we see these incredible coaching rivalries almost that develop amongst former players who take so much pride in coaching these, you know, not basketball players, but dreamers, we'll call them, and trying to make it work. So 20 years of K Academy, thinking about coaching rivalries, it kind of got me thinking about Coach K and Roy Williams and the 20-year rivalry run that they had after Roy Williams took over that North Carolina program. So with that in mind, Donald, I ask you this. The Coach K and Roy Williams rivalry was blank. I, this is probably – there's probably better adjectives out there to describe it, but legendary is the first thing I can come up with. And, and JJ, I was in school. It was my you know senior year, the first time – Roy Williams came to Cameron. It was my final game in Cameron as wow. a student. And I still remember someone putting the 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 uh, sandal or the slippers on his chair during warmups with a sign saying, you're not in Kansas anymore because uh, he'd just come from there. Uh, and just, I That's feel incredible. like every one of those games, right? You, it did not matter who, like there was obviously the years that UNC had some lean years. Um, we'll, we'll call it that. But uh even with those, you walked into that game knowing it was the game of the year. I, like it could be, you could have had number one versus two every day, but Duke versus UNC, Coach K and Roy Williams, those teams that they had always stepped on the floor was always a battle, was always memorable. It was always left with you're talking about it for weeks on end afterwards. The, you know the bragging rights were still there, and that, of course that still exists, and that will never go away. But for it was, it was almost an honor like that's probably the best way it was an honor to watch so many of those games some of them in person some of them you know just 
being around or just watching them on TV, going to games. And, and it, it really was the pinnacle of college basketball every single year. Reflecting the ratings, it was the one game that even you know neutrals who hated both teams were like, "Yo, that game last night, pretty pretty spectacular." Uh, and and a lot of it was just you know both of them with the with the you know legendary resumes. It yeah, it, it made for just an absolute epic two decades of basketball and, and just larger than life characters, right? We've watched a lot of college mm-hmm. basketball in our lifetimes, and so many times you think about great rivalries. And the coaches are the last thing that you think of. But that was just not the case in the last two decades plus that we saw of Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams going at it. Like tip of the cap to Roy Williams and what he was Mm -hmm. able to do, his ability to develop players, uh, post players in particular throughout their career uh, was sensational. And each coach's mannerisms that we loved, Roy taking the glasses off and throwing them on the scores table, Coach K getting up and down, getting fiery slapping. Just so many iconic moments from them in particular within the rivalry itself. When again, so many people often think about the players or the schools incorporated with it. And these two men themselves found a way to sort of elevate them into being such a big storyline outside of the schools that they represented. And, you know, Roy, for, you know, I'll give him credit on this. He always always had someone on the on their team that I absolutely hated that I absolutely was like I cannot stand this dude when he's on the floor and somehow he was able to go out and get these guys every single year now <laughs> as a team I will always hate UNC this is this is part of part of being a Duke blue, blue devil but I, I think there's always got like there was all these you know hatred out of respect is what you know has always been used to describe this rivalry right the biggest rivalry in in college sports and I think when it comes to his teams there was always someone on there like yay i was you know i i I respect unc but this guy here roy where'd you find him send him home i don't (laughs) want to see him on this floor like that like he was always good at doing that and kind of figuring out a way to get under your skin with some of their players and and that's just kind of you know the the breed of of, of basketball that he coached that's perfect all right our last one it's a quick hitter here it's a fill in the blank episode of locked on blue devils uh would love to hear what people say to this final question here so other than Cameron Indoor, the place that I love watching Duke basketball most is blank. Is it another venue? Is it at home, a bar, a restaurant, a friend's house? What do you say? Let us know. Other than Cameron Indoor, the place that I love watching Duke basketball most is blank. All right. I'm giving you two on this one. The first easy answer. Give me two. Yeah is with my best friends. It doesn't matter where we are. We're together <laughs> watching the game because it, it, it makes sense, right? Like when you're with your friends and you're watching the game, you're able to discuss the game in a way that kind of only you can understand. Like JJ, we can watch the game and have a totally great conversation. And then you and I could both watch with, you know, our best people. And that conversation will be similar, but yet completely different. And sure. we'll be talking about nuances of the game but while also being able to enjoy the fact that we're watching it together. The venue that I would pick is, that I've been to is the Garden, Madison Square Garden, the Mecca. It, every every game there feels like it, we could be we could be playing, you know, Middle Tennessee State in the Garden. I'd be like, it's in the Garden, right? It, it's it's the Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it just elevates the stature of what we're what we're here to see, right? Duke basketball is already on on a level that's above everyone else. But when you put it in the garden, it makes it where even that feels like a final four type of atmosphere type of event. 
Um, you want to be seen, you want to see everyone, and you want to see Duke play well in the Garden. And, and thankfully, many times over the years, we have. So um, that that would be the one. I think the, the Garden is, as a venue, there's just very few places that I've been to so far like watching a Duke game there. Yeah. I got to know how many other of uh, of my, my living room friends are out there right now watching Duke basketball from the comfort of the living room, your own safe space. Uh, with friends, with family, whoever it may be, but there's just something to be said for. It's what we love doing. It's in the spot that we feel comfortable. We've got our own superstitions watching these Duke basketball games with what are we wearing, you know, who was where, who was sitting where, you know, within uh, within the game itself. So um, I, I think that's awesome. So, yeah, let us know where you uh, love watching Duke basketball. Donald, it is always amazing to have you back on the show. Give me one more plug for the Duke basketball roundup, if you will. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter at Duke Roundup, and also you can find us uh, just like you can this show wherever you get your your podcast. But uh, yes, Duke Basketball Roundup. We're in the summertime, but we're doing some cool stuff. Uh, some some you know how to or not how tos, but some uh, uh, what ifs and some hypotheticals, but also answering questions from our our listeners. So if you want to you know send us a question as well, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And JJ, as always, you're the man. You keep pumping these out like like it's like it's in your veins and and i really appreciate i know we appreciate the tireless work that you put into this show uh because it shows and it's it's always awesome to listen to so thank you again for having me on absolutely donald it's great to see you as always we'll do it again soon okay Yes, sir. All right. That's my pal Donald Wine, the second, joining us here on the program today. And that's going to do it for another episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Hope you enjoyed those fill-in-the-blanks. We've got more coming your way throughout the summer in the YouTube comments down below. Or send us your thoughts on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. How would you answer those questions? Fill in those blanks for us. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.